Welcome to Blogs on Tape. Today's post is A Political RPGs Do Not Exist, written by W.F. Smith and originally published on September 9th, 2022, on their blog Prismatic Wasteland at prismaticwasteland.com. A Political RPGs Do Not Exist Lists are generally bad. I have always preferred a random table to a simple list. This makes grocery shopping very frustrating, but it also makes me skeptical of naughty and nice lists, especially when they are maintained not by a benevolent beastman residing in the North Pole, but by fascists and their ilk. So, although I try not to respond to whatever latest discourse has taken Twitter by storm, I was already mighty frustrated by the list of RPG creators that were woke or unwoke, as determined by the most unsavory figures that feed on table scraps amidst the ruins of the OSR. However, this blog post is categorically not about that list. Too much digital ink has been spilt on that subject already. Instead, I want to discuss an assumption made by the heinous list makers. In an effort to categorize more RPG creators as being simpatico to their own views, they listed several RPGs and their creators as apolitical, and equated such apoliticality as worthy of inclusion on their good list. But this, among other things that are beyond the scope of what I hope will be a mercifully short post, is wrongheaded in the extreme. All games are political. If you aren't already sitting behind me nodding your head and draped in choir robes, perhaps it would be helpful to define my terms. Politics is a broad category. Only an insular mind would think that the contestations between or within political parties in democracies is the outer limit of the political Politics describes any set of activities of a group or groups to determine the distribution of power and resources within society. It is not simply the rules by which society operates, but also the rules by which those rules are created and maintained. The shortest definition of politics is who gets what, when, and how. But what is a game? A helpful illustration comes from a post by Marsha on her blog. The game gives the players a desire. The rules dictate how they can satisfy it. In Hungry Hungry Hippos, for instance, the hippos desire the marbles, which are resources, the rules and mechanisms, physically built into the game board itself, and the distribution of resources affect power relations. One hippo and their player is declared the winner. It doesn't take too much navel-gazing to see the ideologies at work, even in a simple game like Hungry Hungry Hippos. It is survival of the fittest, the fastest, the best at guzzling down those little round things. Social Darwinism. Or perhaps just Darwinism. They are hippos, after all. Any game can be examined through the same lens to see that politics are at play. Let's look at a different children's board game that enacts a very different ideology. Don't Wake Daddy Don't Wake Daddy is anti-authoritarian. The fictional premise of the Don't Wake Daddy board game is that the players are children that desire a midnight snack but must not wake their father, who, for reasons unknown, sleeps in the middle of the house between the children's bedroom and the refrigerator. 
The game centers around achieving the desired food without being caught by Daddy, the Daddy being a quintessential authority figure, though here playing more of the role of cop than aloof god. Again, rules, e.g. to determine whether stepping on roller skates or overturning a bowl of fruit is sufficient to wake the father, structure the division of resources between the players, who gets food first, and, unlike Hungry Hungry Hippos, we see a power dichotomy in the fiction. The daddy clearly controls the flow of food and enforces where the children must be and when, in bed, at night. But the game is about subverting this relationship of power. The players don't respect the existing power structure and attempt to get the resources for themselves. While this isn't an all-out violent coup against the daddy, unlike Hop on Pop by Dr. Seuss, the game at least has an important message for the legitimacy of existing power structures. And don't make me remind you that this is Don't Wake Daddy we are talking about. Surely the RPGs you play are more complicated than that. Don't Wake Daddy itself recreates a common fantasy trope, the adventurers plundering treasure from a dragon's hoard while trying not to wake the monster and incur its fiery wrath. But in TTRPGs, the situation is rarely so simple. The dragon has a type of power, a literal one, in relation to the player characters. But there are likely other powers at play. Factions in the dungeon that may be aligned with or against the dragon, a kingdom outside the dungeon that wields political power in the most literal sense. Players tend to start a campaign in a state of powerlessness, but rarely end that way, unless they wake the dragon. I have had multiple campaigns where players have obtained political power by inspiring an uprising and installed their own government, one of which failed horrendously, Revolution is tough. But even simpler, more classic styles of play reveal the indelible mark of the political. At certain levels, characters gain strongholds and followers. What is this if not the accumulation of power and resources and channeling that power into obtaining still more power? All of this is as typical in a game like Dungeons and Dragons as Devouring Marbles is in a game of Hungry Hungry Hippos. So you still want to make an apolitical game, huh? Well, first you should ask yourself why. Who are you so afraid of offending by wearing your politics on your sleeve? Do you not want to turn off fascists from buying your games? Well, then watch out, because it sounds like you were designing a game for fascists. Or are you a fascist but want your games to fly under the radar and appeal to normies? If this describes you, stop reading my blog and never come back. But if your motives are truly pure, here is how to make an apolitical RPG. Step 1. You can't. Step 2. Hope that helps. But if all games are inherently political, are games with problematic themes bad to play? Not necessarily. D&D and its lineage is caked at racist and colonial tropes, but scrubbing it from the game is no great decolonial project. Frankly, there is nothing I could say on this subject that is not better said by Zedek Su, author of A Thousand Thousand Islands and so much more. If somehow you are reading this blog and aren't already familiar with Zedek's work, I highly recommend this deep dive from V. Huntsman. Zedek spake forth... On Twitter, I am only reproducing a portion, but the whole thread is worth a read and a reread. For those who want to continue using the language of D&D, 
going forth into the wild hinterland, as if this weren't somebody's homeland, to seek treasure, as if this didn't belong to anybody, and slay monsters. Monsters to whom? Yeah, problematic stuff here. And definitely these aspects should make more people uncomfortable. But it's an error to decolonize D&D by scrubbing such content from the game. That feels like erasure, like an unwillingness to face history, context, like a way to appease one's own settler guilt. Remember, if you, white or person of color, live in the West or in an Asian urban center, say, you are already complicit in colonialist, capitalist, they are inextricably linked, behavior. Removing such stuff from RPGs might let you feel better, but won't change what you are. I think it more truthful, and more useful, to not avert one's eyes from D&D's colonialism. The fact that going forth into the hinterland to seek treasure and slay monsters is a thing, and fucking fun tells us valuable things about the shape and psychology of colonialism. Zedek If there is a takeaway from this post, it is to recognize that your games are political. Even the most simple, childlike games you can imagine are political. But armed with that knowledge, you needn't necessarily scrub your games from any content that is politically squicky. Instead, play games intentionally. Sit with your discomfort. I don't have any easy answers for you. That was A Political RPGs Do Not Exist, written by W.F. Smith and read by Yochai Gall. Blogs on Tape is a project which works with authors to make great RPG blogs more accessible through audio recordings. It's a community effort which you can contribute to by donating us a few dollars on Ko-Fi to help with server costs. You can find the link on the Blogs on Tape website, blogsontape.paperspencils.com, or by going directly to ko-fi.com slash blogsontape. And whether or not you're able to contribute this way, thank you for listening. <laughs>